Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon to you. It is the 3rd of November. This is the COB. It's great to be here with you and uh, here with you as well, Scotty. Wow, what a day. Yeah, momentous in the history of Australian monetary policy, at least. Uh, RBA uh, delivering a powerful uh, no message to markets and uh, fulfilling what was largely expected by them. So I've been pretty impressed by the, uh, by the actions today. Yeah, did not disappoint. ANZ calling it pure QE. I'm sure most of those out there listening have heard the details. Uh, what st stood out, though, the most to you about that? Was it the fact that they did put a number to the amount of QE, of, of bond buying, that they're essentially going to do at the 5 and 10 uh, year part of the curve? Was it the fact that they have uh, spoken afterwards holding, I guess, a press conference of sorts and answering questions? Was it just that they committed? I think the quote of the day was that they can do more and they will if needed. Uh, undoubtedly, it's the communication. Uh, that stuck out incredibly compared to what's been seen in the past. And it's a welcome change, I've got to say. Uh, the statement was succinct. Uh, the press conference was welcome. You could always go and tweak the way that it's run, but uh, certainly explained the, uh, the rationale for the decision. So to me, A plus for the RBA when it comes to the communications. It's a welcome change. Uh, I just wish that uh, no, this proactive uh, no central banking that we saw today uh, was done a long time ago. We could have maybe been in a slightly better position than where we sit today. Well, possibly, but uh, let's just see if it continues. You know, there's no reason, as we've discussed with many people, why they couldn't do something short and sweet at the end of every statement, but we will see. So safe to say that was perhaps not the entire reason we saw the Australian market rise today, but certainly the prospect of monetary policy stimulus, the idea of liquidity being out there in the market, backing from the central bank doesn't hurt. And we did see Australian shares rising 1.9%. It is the best one day performance in more than four weeks, every sector closing higher ahead of that big risk event that we have tomorrow. So yeah, I think it's pretty interesting that Webjet was the best performing 200 component. It added 8.7%. And again, this comes back to how well, relatively speaking, Australia is doing when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic and the fact that we're going to get these state borders opening. I mean, the economy fundamentally, and even the RBA endorsed this, while we still have high unemployment, it's going to take a long time to get back to where we were. The Australian economy is much improved. It is, and that is undoubted. Uh, we've been talking about it for quite some time here at Ausbiz, and I think I've got to say, uh, patting ourselves on the back a long time before a lot of others who were saying it was, uh, it was still terrible and the like. But we welcome the, uh, the, uh, what's been going on with the data we've seen recently, particularly uh, around those cyclical areas. Now, hopefully that can get, uh, start 
moving forward to when it comes to labour market outcomes. Uh, but there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge. As for the, uh, the rally today, uh, it was impressive in terms of scale. I will point out that uh, in eight of the last nine Melbourne Cup days, uh, the market has rallied quite often large gains. So I wonder about the volume Love side volumes, of the equation. Yeah. Volumes have been lower. And, uh, yeah, so, and also, uh, I've got to say, it's, it's very reminiscent price action to what we saw before the 2016 US presidential election, which makes me feel a little bit deja vu-like. So we'll see whether our history will repeat, but uh, certainly caught my attention today. Yeah, I, I feel like there's not much more we can add to the conversation around the US election. We have plenty of good guests on the program today. If you would like to take a listen, we've got a on the website... A, a, an area, a rail as we call it, a page that you can go to that sort of summarizes all of that coverage. Um, we spoke with um, Alex Pakoulis from Lippmann Bergman about that, talking about 10-year yields. He was saying that really if, doesn't matter what the outcome is, there are positives in it. It's positive for equities going forward. If you'd like to listen to his interview, you can do so uh, via the show notes, but you should go on the website or your app because there is plenty of analysis. We spoke about we spoke about equities, Australian equities in particular, with Michael Jenicky. He is head of Australian equities at Credit Suisse. He says, look, they're expecting, House Views, that there will be that blue sweep. But again, just talking about the dynamics in Australia that are making for a pretty favorable atmosphere for equities to continue to rise. And that includes commodities with China, which, you know, Martin Crabb, CIO at Sean Partners, was talking about to end the piece today as well. Yes, on any other normal day, that would have been headline-grabbing news, but uh, barely got to mention. But the, uh, the tensions between Australia and, uh, and China are undoubtedly continuing to escalate. Um, it's bullying, uh, plain and simple from China's perspective. Uh, it's a much larger uh, counterpart. It's our largest trade partner. Uh, it knows that uh, if it really wanted to, it could go and make it very difficult for us here in Australia. Um, so I wonder where the, uh, the end game is when it comes to this uh, behaviour. Uh, definitely one to go and watch and a headwind, uh, particularly if we start seeing those uh, bulk commodity exports really targeted, especially iron ore, uh, and for lesser impact as well, LNG, which is also becoming uh, a major market for Australia. Yeah, um, Michael Janicki is still positive on commodities, partly because of the stimulus spend that will come through you know, for many corners of the world. He did mention that oil has really been the exception to the rule with the price rises in commodities. However, when we put to him whether or not there's some opportunity being evidenced in energy names here in Australia, he said, look, they're, you know, they're very conscious of the valuations and um, they're taking a good look, if not outright buying. And today we did see the energy uh, sector rising more than 5%, stronger oil prices, also Beach Energy's purchase of Senex's Cooper Basin Assets, and that brings us, Scotty, to the stock of the day. So Kashi sat down with two expert guests, and uh, the stock of the day was BPT. Let's take a listen to what Gary Glover from Novus Capital had to say about it first. Just this sort of acquisition there just sort of uh, adds to uh, the region they're already in, so it's sort of right. probably a good fit for them. And at the moment, obviously, you've got to think that some other assets are probably getting sold at a reasonable value here because of the, for the price. So if you think from a long-term perspective, buying in these uh, suppressed sort of times suppressed here times. is yeah. probably good here long-term. So um, I do do like Beach. Uh, it's just kind of, you're, you're under pressure here with the oil price. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, do, I actually do like it here actually. I think it's, um, I like the sector. Right. So I think I'm watching this pretty closely here, okay. particularly the US election. So it could be, it could be a really good trade in that sector coming up here. We are dealing, as Gary says, with a commodity 
and putting aside the politics of climate change, um, if we just look at the reality, human beings are remarkably innovative. It's very hard to see a long-term high value for oil. Sure, the price has come down ridiculously low now, but the days of oil getting up to $100 a barrel again are probably long gone. Um, we can generate energy now so much cheaper in other ways. So um, I, I'm not keen on anything where when I look five years or 10 years ahead, it looks to me like um, whatever it is they do, there's going to be less need for than there was today. So while I think it's an extremely well-run company uh, and I admire them for the way they run it, no, I wouldn't be uh, enthused yeah. about it. I can't imagine any team invest members being interested in investing in it. And that was Howard Coleman from Team Invest finishing those thoughts there on Beach Energy. He's not a fan of the company or the space more specifically, but Gary Glover was not making it in. Doesn't make the cut. We're, and, we're tough graders here at Ellsbys. And I think that um, oil and energy markets are going to be interesting to watch tomorrow as well, Scotty, because there's all that talk that, you know, Biden presidency, good for renewables. Trump presidency, good for energy and coal. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a clear uh, distinction between the two candidates. Uh, Trump is very much pro-energy, uh, pro uh, fossil fuels and the like, uh, you know, shale industry and those key swing states as well. Biden is not. Uh, so that's going to have a binary outcome, I suspect, longer term as to what that trajectory for that industry is going to be. So another one of those uh, many, many facets that you have to consider as to voting intentions and patterns that we might see come tomorrow. Um, my last thought on the U.S. election, we've spoken with um, so many great guests. Carl Capulinga from Think Markets reminded me of uh, just a note that he sent me probably about a week or two ago saying, all these people that are talking about a blue wave, the fact that then U.S. lawmakers will pass all of these laws without any hindrance. Well, he just sent me an email this afternoon saying, Jim McDonald, it was an interview we did with a, a guy from Northern Trust out of Chicago earlier today. He said, not a lot of people are talking about the fact that just because Biden gets in, um, the assumption is that stimulus will be massive and it will just be passed. But of course, don't forget there are still checks and balances in the U.S. system and it still does need bipartisan support. So Carl was saying, yep, Dems in control of presidency in both houses, markets will pop. But his thesis is that afterwards, there will still be a stimulus delay disappointment. And that's in tandem with what you know a number of people have been speaking with, particularly in the States. Carl Tannenbaum is one that comes to mind. who said, everybody, you know, makes the assumption that you get a Biden presidency, a Senate, and then the Democrats can do whatever they want. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, we're not right now focusing on the nuances, and uh, that's probably a polite way to put it, the divisions that do exist within the Democratic Party itself. And so even if you do have uh, both houses going with the blue wave, there's still a lot of uh, different views being expressed within the Democratic Party. But I think I think that's where we'll leave it because we just have to see what happens tomorrow and it's all going to happen in the Asian session. It will. So whether we're actually talking here in the podcast tomorrow about an, an actual winner, yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly skeptical that we will, but uh, I've been wrong in the past, uh, but we know that these days, no. these, these <laughs> days can be absolutely hectic from a market perspective. 
I know the whiplash that everyone would have experienced back four years ago is afresh in a lot of investors' minds. So one way or another, we're going to get a really good reading as to whether or not we'll be focusing on polls in the future. Uh, that's going to be one of the things I look at tomorrow as well. But uh, certainly it's going to be a huge day after what's been a momentous day here in Australia. So everyone out there, hope you uh, enjoy your evening. Rest up. And we'll have it all covered here on Ausbiz. Be careful out there as well. We kick off the day with Alex Truman, CEO of Bondi Partners, live from Washington. Junbei Liu from Tribeca. We'll be speaking with Daniel Ives, the Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush Securities. Bob Desmond, Head of International Equities, Evans & Partner. Mark Barnaba, he's Fortescue Metals Deputy Chair and RBA Board Member. He has close ties to the U.S. and China, so we'll get his take on that. Look, Grant Wilson, Head of Asia Pacific at Exante Data who uh, you know, is really, really tuned in to what's happening uh, in the U.S. election cycle. And you know the day goes on and on. It's going to be a big one. We're looking forward to it. Um, Scotty, yeah, it was a good day today. Plenty more to come. Yes, we'll see whether we can go and maintain those gains and the upward momentum tomorrow. But uh, it will be a very interesting day, to say the least. See you then. We're live from 8.30.